if I can ask uh, Kathy Holly to come and read a portion of scripture from John chapter 14. Good morning, everybody. God is good. Amen. All the time. It's a great privilege for me to read our scripture this morning. And um, yeah, just let's share this. Let's listen. Let's take it into our hearts. It's from John 14, chapter 14, verses 1 to 17. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am, you will be also. And you know the way to where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father. And it is enough for us. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long and you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. Or else believe on account of the works themselves. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, And greater works than these. Because I am going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father... And he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even if the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. Thank you. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would make those words alive to our hearts. 
May we internalize those words. May, may we walk out in those words. We thank you, Lord, for what you are doing amongst us. We ask for more. We ask that you would continually show us your glory. We ask that the river will flow into our hearts and bring life to those hearts which are dry. Lord, I just thank you for that prophetic word from Alison last week. The Okavongo, the, if, for those who weren't there, when the Okavongo is dry and the, then the rains come and, the, and, the, and it bubbles up and it, and it suddenly starts flowing and, and suddenly where there was no river, suddenly there's a river. It's just one of the most amazing miracles. And that's the miracle we have in our hearts. Because uh, in John, I think I put it in the newsletter, in John chapter 7, he says, Let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers, rivers of living water. Don't you want to be that? Don't you want rivers of living water to flow out of your heart? So the scriptures are incredibly important and I'm going to challenge us all here to read the whole of John chapter 14 every single day this week. To read it, to meditate on it, to chew on it, to, to, to ask the Lord to show us how true it is and, and, and all the truth of that. I mean, we could spend uh, months unpacking the scripture because there is so much more that God has for us. I mean, if you look at a few characters in the Scriptures, if you look at Solomon, Solomon gets it all. He has everything. He has temples. He has amazing homes. He has, he has it all. And yet, there was an emptiness. And we don't want to have it all and yet have an emptiness and yet not have Jesus. And so, I love this, this portion of Scripture. In John chapter 13, we actually see Jesus is chatting to His disciples, is sharing with His disciples and saying, I'm leaving. I'm going to die. Think of that. Think of that, how devastating that must have been to his disciples. They had left everything to follow him. They'd given up their businesses. They'd left, left their, their, fishing, their fishing business. The tax collector was now following Jesus. And this would have been devastating news. And so he starts in John chapter 14. Trying to encourage them. This is not our home. This place. I don't know. I've not done much traveling uh, in aeroplanes. And I'm sure there might be one or two of you who have been delayed overseas. And they put you up in a hotel. But all you want to be is you want to be home. You want to be with your family. You want to be with your husband. You want to be with your wife. 
and the plane's been delayed, it's been snowing, or the engine's fallen out, or something. And now you've got to stay, and you're just desperate to be home. doesn't matter how good a hotel they put, up, put you up in. It's not home. There's something about home. And this world in which we live in is not our home. We are aliens and we are just passing through. And we actually need to know that. And so Jesus in this, in this little, little portion of Scripture is trying to encourage them. Because their lives are built around Jesus. He, they're thinking it could be the Messiah. He's going to free them from the Roman occupation. They're going to be the rulers in the new dispensation. Nothing new. The disciples were, were after power and, and, and position. Just like we see happening in, in, in our own country, even at the moment. And so we pray for our leaders. We pray for our leaders that they would take the, the scripture that Philippians, that... Uh, uh, Alex read Philippians 2, and, the, and they would be servants. So we ask for servant leaders. We ask for servant leaders in our government. We ask for servant leaders in the churches. It's not about us. So are you madly in love with Jesus today? Good. Good. And now we have these disciples who were, they'd given up everything to follow Him. And so their hearts must have been broken. They didn't understand it, they didn't get it for most of the Scriptures, even, even right at the end, they still didn't, they still didn't get it. They, they were a bit like me, very slow. Slow to get it. And so he starts comforting them. And what does he start comforting them with? He says, do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not let your hearts be agitated. If I ask you today, for an honest show of hands, has your heart been troubled and agitated this week? Another great altar call. You see, or just about everybody has put up their hands because we live in a world in which there's stuff that happens. Some things which we don't seem to have any control of and we want to be in control. And so he says, do not let your hearts be agitated. Do not be troubled. I mean, Jesus was troubled a couple of times, the two or three times in scriptures in John chapter 11 verse 33, when Jesus saw her weeping, this is about Lazarus, and the Jews who had come to her with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. Jesus in his humanity knew what it was like to be troubled. He knows some of the anguish that you and I go through. In John chapter 13, verse 20, 21, uh, he says, After saying these things, Jesus was troubled in his spirit and testified, Truly, truly, I say to you, one of you will betray me. That, 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 that troubled his heart. 
And then in John chapter 12, verse 27, he said, Now is my soul troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour, but for this purpose I have come to this hour. He's talking about his death. He's talking about a crucifixion, the, the, the bloodiness of that. We've sang it in our songs. It's the cross. It's the good news that Jesus went to the cross. But he was troubled in his heart. It wasn't an easy thing to go through. There was pain and anguish. There was bodily suffering. But even as he took our sin on him, and he was separated from his father, that was far more devastating. And that's what he did for us. And that's what he knew that he was going to do for the disciples. And so he, he says... To them in, verse, in chapter 14, verse 1, Let not your hearts be troubled. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in me. Believe in God. Believe also in me. And that's, that's the battle you and I are facing. We've, we've sung all the promises are yes and amen. All the promises of God are yes and amen. And, and we know all the scriptures and we know, the, we know many of the promises. And the work you and I have to do is to believe them, believe them, and trust them. And this, this kind of final discourse is when he's, when he's chatting with his disciples, he's preparing them for, for a separation from him. He just says, believe in me. And then he gives a number of reasons why we don't have to be troubled. I mean... Sometimes I think I'm a bit foolish because this morning I looked at News 24. You look at News 24, your heart can be troubled. It can be very troubled. I need to look at the news that is new every morning and is, is, is relevant for every day of our lives and changes us. And so what he says there, he says, this is his first promise, his first encouragement. In my father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that? I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am you may be also. Yes. Maranatha. Hallelujah. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. And the page is turned over. Where I am, you may also be. You know, the Jews would have understood what he was saying in this context. Because what the, what the bridegroom would do after approaching the family to marry this beautiful bride, he would then go away and he would prepare a room usually in his father's house. How cool is that? Jesus is going to prepare a room for you and me, where not just in, uh, I, I think, uh, Tendeli would be a nice place to have a room. That would, be a, that would be a beautiful place, or, I don't know, somewhere in Mauritius, some, some beautiful place overlooking the ocean. Yes. And you think of all these beautiful spots and these... And these magnificent homes. But 
Jesus promises us something even better. He goes and he says, I'm going to prepare a place, a room for you, where? In my Father's house. In the creator of the heavens and the universe. Wow. Wow. We've got to get excited by that. That's got to change the way when we wake up in the morning. We know someday the, 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 uh, Jesus is going to come back for the bride, you and I, and He's going to take us home. So let's get excited. This is the encouragement that He has because He didn't, say, he didn't actually say there, were going to, there was not going to be any trouble. I wish He had said that. I wish He had said that. In, in Acts it says you'll go through many tribulations to enter the kingdom of God. Somewhere else it says that you'll go through a lot, a lot of trouble. Uh, come on, man. I don't want that. But what he's promising us, he's promising us in the trouble, he is there with us. His presence is with us, in us. And we just need to know that. I need to know that today. I need to know that. And so that is his promise. I mean, the disciples, I love, I love the scriptures because they're just ordinary people. He's saying, it's a good thing that I'm going. This is what Jesus is saying. It's a good thing that I'm going, and I, but I'm going to come back. We're going to be together again. And, and, Jesus, and, and Thomas says, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? How can we know the way? And then Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Thomas also kind of didn't get it. How do we get there? How do we get to what he's just been promising? We get there by following him, by walking in his, in his footsteps. Keep following Jesus and you're going to get there. Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. We, I think we sang that song, Turn Your Eyes on Jesus. Fix your eyes on Jesus, follow him. So he encourages us with this. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Nowhere else. Salvation can be found in no other name but the name of Jesus. Just know that today. And you can run to Him. He is a strong tower in which you can hide your life. In the storms of life. Then He encourages them with this in John chapter 14 verse 12. Truly, truly I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. And he will do greater works than this because I am going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. He is with the, he's with the, he's with the Father and we can ask anything in his name and, we, and he will do it. Anything that's consistent in his, his, his nature. I, was, you know, I can't really just go and ask, oh, Lord, I want to win the, win the lotto. So he encourages us to be a people of prayer. To turn our attention to him. To ask of him. And probably then, the ultimate encouragement. The ultimate encouragement is in John chapter 14. Verse 16. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. 
So, if you love Jesus, what flows out of, out of love, that flows obedience. Obedience is the fruit of love. And the, the, and the Holy Spirit has given us love. The love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts. Everything, everything we do, every hope that we have is because of the power of the Holy Spirit in us. And so he says, and I, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper, another counselor, an advocate, an attorney, somebody, a savior. He'll give you the Spirit of Christ, a redeemer. He's going to give another helper, another. Another, probably best translated, just like Jesus. The same. The paraclete. One who comes alongside us. One who encourages us. One who is like a coach coming alongside a marathon runners. We've got the mad marathon runners out there today. They're all running uh, the Hillcrest Marathon. Villages Marathon. We've got crazy swimmers. We've got crazy runners. And, they, and, and, and the coaches come along and they, they're allowed to run alongside. Tennis is one of those strange sports where the coach has got to sit, and, sit on, the, on the box and he's not allowed to say anything. He's not allowed to come alongside. But we have a helper. We have Holy Spirit who comes alongside and actually comes and lives in us. I mean, this thing of the Trinity, I don't get it completely. I don't, in fact, I don't hardly get it at all. It blows all the fuses in my brain. It was designed to do that. So Jesus says, it's going to be different. You know, I've been walking you with you for these three and a half years, doing miracles, calming storms, healing. But I'm going to send you a helper. I'm going to send you Holy Spirit. He's going to, co- going to come inside your body. Holy Spirit living in us. That's the response we want. We don't want, oh, I've heard this before. Because we have. We want to be blown away by the fact that the Holy Spirit comes and lives in us. I mean, I was listening to yesterday to, is it Charles Spurgeon? 1855, somebody uh, transcribed his sermons, and I listened to a, a sermon by Charles Spurgeon on the power of the Holy Spirit. It was wonderful stuff. We can never yawn and say, oh, just the Holy Spirit. We have to say, wow, we have to marvel at this. The Spirit of the living God living in you and I. So Jesus is not just going to say he's preparing a place for us in the future, which he is, which is fantastic. Yeah, it was a good dance, hey? Yeah. You're better than me singing. I can break into song, I'm sure, Jane. I can do that. But with Holy Spirit walking walking in us, with Him living in us, with Him our coach, our, our leader, our guide, we can change the world. 
You can change the world. Revival is not something we pray for. Revival is in us. Holy Spirit lives in us. So maybe what we need to pray for is boldness. Boldness to share the gospel. Boldness to share the good news with people. I mean, who was it? Some, one, some of the disciples, they, they were getting flogged and beaten and, and, and you know, they got told, don't, whatever you do, don't preach the gospel. What did they pray for? They pray for boldness to preach the gospel more. So I'm going to pray for us to have boldness that we would be bold to preach the gospel, the good news. If we have a look at the early church, if we have a look at the church in Acts, and I'm going to carry on this as a theme uh, when, when I preach over, over the next month. We have a look in Acts. And they're, they're in, the, in the upper room. They're, they're a little bit not sure what's happening. They're, they're fearful for their lives. I'm not sure they're having depth, in-depth Bible study. They're actually scared. But they've been told to go and wait for the power of the Holy Spirit to come on them. What was that going to look like? What does it look like when the power of the Holy Spirit comes on you? It, it, at, at Pentecost, there was this mighty wind. Like a rushing wind, a mighty, a mighty wind. There was flames on their heads. Imagine... If Holy Spirit broke out like that and there were flames on our head, we're very fortunate that the fire station is just up the road. But that happened in the, in the 1904 revival. There was, there were, there were the, they, the, fire, the fire engines often went because people were saying there's, there's, there's a fire. And so I want us to be encouraged this morning. I want, let not your hearts be troubled. You've got to set your mind on things above. Let's go back to Colossians 3, the theme from last year. One of the themes. Set your mind on Him. Have a heavenly perspective on what's going on in life. Because if we have that, then we will be more than conquerors in this world, even in the trouble. Let us know today without any doubt that He's going to prepare a room for us that He's going to answer our prayers and that He has given us Holy Spirit. So let's pray. I'm going to ask the worship team to come. Lord Jesus, I thank You for Your Word. And Holy Spirit, You are the teacher. Bring life to these words that we would be bold. And I pray for a boldness for this community that we would, we would know who we are in you, and that you live in us. And so we thank you, Holy Spirit, for your work in us. Come, come, Holy Spirit. We ask for that river, that river to flow as we've been drinking, as we've been drinking of the Word this morning. I ask, say, come, Holy Spirit. Come, come. We pray for those who are not well. In this place, we pray for, for Jane. And we hold her up to your grace, to your healing touch. 
Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. You love us.